0: Hello and welcome to Pelvic Floor at Its Core, the only podcast out there that is brought to you by a women's health medical technology company. I am your host, Shravya Cavella, Pelvic Floor Physical Therapist and Business Development Manager at Flight by Pelvidol. We have a unique approach at Pelvidol. We believe our product, Flight, can provide life-changing outcomes, but we also know that no single treatment is right for everyone. We are therefore working hard to increase the collective knowledge out there about the importance of the pelvic floor, because the more we work together, the more we can work towards increasing access to pelvic floor care so all women can truly live their best lives. On this podcast, I bring on pelvic health experts to talk about a variety of topics that any and every woman and clinician can relate to and learn from. It's always informative, always interesting, and we always have fun. So let's get into it. Have I got a treat for you all today. We are talking pelvic health as we always, always love to do, but today we're talking about it in a new context, and that context is yoga and mindfulness. Our guest, Dr. Hannah Strom, she is an orthopedic-trained pelvic health physical therapist and the owner of Awake Pelvic Health in Woodbury, Minnesota, the Twin Cities area. She not only treats patients one-on-one, but she also offers these specialized courses specifically to promote optimal outcomes for fourth trimester care for moms. So these courses are called Prep for Birth and Expecting Mama, resources that we really need more of in this country and worldwide. Hannah is well-versed in yoga, which is where her journey began, and she is super passionate about incorporating yoga and mindfulness into her pelvic health practice, and we talk about this more in the episode, but there is oodles of evidence to support this. I think a lot of people do know about how yoga can really improve your flexibility, has positive benefits for mental health, but did you know that yoga and mindfulness can positively impact your pelvic health? Can't wait for you guys to hear this. Let's get right into it. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How
1: are you? Good, thank you. So excited to have you on with us today. Yes, I am super excited um, to yeah get chatting about yoga and PT and and all the things. Yes, and I I know we've talked about this before, but I am such a big
0: fan of all of those things. So I'm just really excited for our conversation. Okay, so first questions first is what came first for you was it yoga was it pelvic health and what led you to integrate the two because that is such a core piece of your practice
1: yeah absolutely so yoga came first and i kind of have a, an interesting story so I started practicing yoga um, a long time ago when I was even in junior high. Um, my dad was a yoga practitioner and still is. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. And he's actually the one that got me into that. He's always been interested in um, meditation and yoga and breath work. So once I you know, started joining him to classes, I really... You know, realized I had this love for this practice. Fast forward um, a number of years later, I started teaching yoga in 2013 while I was doing my undergraduate degree. And I've studied um, at different yoga studios in the Twin Cities, and I even went to India and did a yoga teacher training, which was a pretty transformative experience for me. What?
0: That is so cool. Where in India?
1: Yeah, so I did my training in Goa, India, which is kind of off to the um the west coast of the country and met a lot of really awesome people from all over the world and just got to immerse um in this practice for about five weeks.
0: Man, very cool. So my family is from India, so I was just curious. But Goa, for anyone who doesn't know, is like one of the most beautiful places, I think. I've always wanted to go there. It's just like looks like white sand beaches. Just yep. really, really stunning, and so you were, you were really committed. Like yoga was really on your radar to go all the way there and and study there.
1: Absolutely, yep. And so I, you know, just have this craving and this love of learning. And when I find something that I'm passionate about, I sort of just dive all in. I developed this this love for, you know, how the body moves and anatomy and injuries. And I had yoga students coming up to me you know, saying that they had shoulder pain or hip pain or needed modifications for their practice. And I learned, you know, if I really want to help people in this deeper way, I think I need to become a physical therapist. Love that. Yeah. So I applied to physical therapy school. And as I got into my physical therapy practice as a professional, I, you know, realized that Yoga practice fits so well with this practice of pelvic health, because when we are working within the pelvic health realm, we have to take into account these complex layers to our patients. It just lended itself to integrating into my PT practice so well, taking these principles of movement and stretching and breath work and mindfulness to help my patients and help people through um, the complexities of what they were going through. So yoga came first, and then came pelvic health, and it was my dream to put the two together.
0: Sounds amazing. It's just a
1: natural progression for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's where I feel so grateful now that I have my own practice, I'm really able to start Um, integrating the two in the way that I had been dreaming about for a really long time. Mm -hmm. What I really liked too, Hannah, about what you said was the
0: complex layers that you're addressing, the mental, the physical, the mindfulness, the emotional health. And there are studies that demonstrate things like mindful-based stress reduction, improving chronic pelvic pain. There's just a lot of research out there that ties things back to stress management to mindfulness to this wellness realm and so it's always astonishing to me that we don't incorporate that into our just regular medical routine like you go to your doctor you step on a scale they listen to your heart
1: rate but what about all of these other factors absolutely i think it's really important to recognize that our mind and body are not separate entities you know we we know that through pain science You know, a lot of physical therapists are starting to practice more in this pain science based approach where we recognize the brain and the way in which we think and our stress levels, anxiety, depression Mm -hmm. have a significant impact on our physical health and on disorders like chronic pain disorders or persistent pain issues. In the pelvic health realm, I see so many individuals who are working through things like chronic pelvic pain, endometriosis, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and other really challenging issues. And oftentimes there is a significant undertone of anxiety or stress or depression. Those can ramp up our pain dials in our patients. And so a practice like yoga really does invite us to dive a little bit deeper into our bodies and connection with our movement and with our breath slowing down, even starting to decrease some of that fight, flight, or freeze that we see in a lot of individuals who are dealing with injuries or pain and help to come into more of this calming rest and digest state. And I've just seen so many benefits in people that I've worked with. When I teach them a short yoga sequence and give them these sequences for home and they start to implement this work on a more regular basis, it's really neat to see those patients come back week after week. And things have changed and shifted. I think this practice has offered them a lot of positive benefits. So let
0: me ask you a question. What are the physical benefits that you've seen for yoga in terms of something like chronic pelvic pain?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the physical benefits... I I could talk about this for days, literally days on end. But <laughs> Good. I'm so glad to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. So for example, um, an individual with chronic pelvic pain will usually see a lot of tension through their hips or their low back, inner thighs, abdomen, even sometimes some some posture type stuff, a lot of rounded shoulders, kind of that hunched forward pain patterning. There's so many postures within yoga that can help to open up the hips, help open up the low back or the spine. So thinking about creating more length and space through our muscles and tendons and ligaments, finding more relaxation, just less tension throughout our entire system. There's a posture called Baddha Konasana or Butterfly Pose, also known as Reclined Bound Angle, where They put their feet together and take the knees apart and lay down on their back and we can add in things like bolsters or blankets to help prop their knees up prop the back body or the trunk up so that posture can be not only, you know, a stretch for the inner thighs and into the pelvic floor, but a really restorative posture where that person can kind of melt into the pose. And so there's so many ways in which we can take these different postures like happy baby or a seated hamstring stretch and make it more intense in terms of a deeper stretch or less intense, like more of a restorative pose where someone can just kind of hang out into the posture. A big part of yoga practice is our breath. So there's a lot of different pranayama, also known as breath work, techniques that I will integrate with patients. Everything from deep diaphragm breathing, so learning how to breathe deeply into the rib cage and the belly and the back, to alternate nostril breathing. So breathing in through one nostril and out through the other and repeating that. This breath work, of course, not only helps with mobility of our primary breathing muscle, but again, coming back to more of just calming the nervous system, um, you know, the the physical, the emotional, and kind of that combination of the two.
0: So using that breath work as an approach to mental health, but also addressing the physical benefit of Breathing and diaphragm mobility, which works so closely with the pelvic floor. Yes. And so going back to a phrase that you said earlier, pain patterning, tell us about
1: that. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes what I'll see in the clinic, working with some individuals with pelvic pain type symptoms Oftentimes that might be pain in the lower abdomen, pain in the pelvic floor, pain with sitting, for example, pain with intercourse, different types of conditions that are unfortunately common. And so using yoga to help people work away from those types of patterns or postures, so seeing people kind of hunched forward or gripping through their abdomen, gripping in their hip flexors or hip muscles or glutes, And so there's many different postures that we can used to help someone get out of those patterns and out of those habitual postures from maybe more of that like forward tense positioning into a gentle backbend where we're opening up through the chest and the trunk, working on breath. And over time, that, that pattern and that posture can help to create more space and flexibility.
0: I think a nice analogy,
1: sometimes I explain it to others
0: as When you're feeling really worked up or stressed or angry, that can manifest. Like sometimes we clench our fists or we clench our jaw and being aware of that is kind of the first step to releasing those muscles and letting them go, but also just increasing their awareness to it.
1: Yes. I will often go through a mindfulness-based body awareness meditation with my patients. Sometimes we'll take three to five minutes to you know, close our eyes, doing this together and scanning our body, scanning from the toes and the feet all the way up to the crown of the head, bringing the awareness fully into those different body parts and just starting to notice, am I holding tension there? Am I clenched? Am I gripping? Or am I doing okay in that area? And mm-hmm. talking to my patient and asking them, you know, what did you feel? What did you notice? Bringing that awareness can be so powerful, understanding, wow, I do grip a lot in my glutes, or I do clench my abdomen, even when I'm sitting for no reason. Through breathing, meditation, and these postures that they're going through in physical therapy sessions, it's really neat to start to see my patients recognize, I do have some, you know, control and autonomy over this, and really building that toolbox of resiliency. Not just, you know, here's some strategies and exercises, but here's a whole mind-body approach. Part of your toolbox might be taking two or three minutes and doing this scan when you start to feel that pain ramp up in your system. Can you stop and just notice and be aware? Rather than judging it or trying to change it right away, just start to be aware. Slow down, you know, your thinking, your breathing, And notice that can be so helpful for someone. I think that's why I just get so excited about this work, continuing to implement it in a larger way.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think we all can use more of that in our
1: lives. Definitely.
0: (laughs) Truly, like, if you step back and think about it, when was the last time you thought about your pelvic floor or what your shoulders are doing? Just incorporating that scan on a daily basis, I feel like, could have so many
1: benefits. It's really cool to use this mind body approach and it's so accessible and anyone can do it. So yeah, I, I absolutely love it. There
0: is often this understanding of yoga out there in the world that yoga is slow. It requires a lot of flexibility. It's a lot of this relaxation work, which as we talked about can be so beneficial and associated with things like chronic pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. Can yoga be beneficial and effective for strengthening and specifically for the pelvic floor?
1: Yes, so yoga can be adapted and modified for all sorts of issues going on. know one end of that spectrum is the very gentle and restorative approach, slow breathing, opening, relaxation. And the other end of the spectrum is working through much more robust strength-based postures that incorporate the lower extremities, the core and the upper body. So I will utilize yoga practice for my patients who are, say, managing urinary incontinence, but they need strengthening. I've done a full assessment and you know determined they would benefit from some strengthening of their pelvic floor as well as the muscles around the area. So there is a posture, for example, called chair pose in yoga that is really quite challenging, especially if you're there for a while. And sometimes we'll go into chair pose after I've taught them to correctly activate their pelvic floor, how to connect and contract their pelvic floor and relax. And then finding a yoga posture, for example, chair or a warrior two. Can you contract and relax your pelvic floor here? Can you lift and hold? So there's a lot of ways in which we can just adapt those postures to make them actually quite challenging and fun at the same time. Yoga is fun. It is, it really is. fun.
0: The level that you've incorporated into your practice is just very, very cool. I am a yogi in the sense that I do love practicing yoga. When I was in PT school, I took a course specifically about application of yoga to therapeutic exercise. And I remember learning there that yoga can improve stress incontinence. They found that there was a decrease in stress urinary incontinence with the use of yoga in women. I want to say it was Hatha yoga. I remember that because you mentioned chair pose and one of the poses that they utilized in that study was chair pose. So that really piqued my interest. There are studies like that, that exist that show a significant decrease in things like stress urinary incontinence with symptomatic pelvic organ prolapse, like we talked about with chronic pelvic pain improvements there. So this is not made up stuff. This is evidence-based work that exists and you're incorporating, which is just really,
1: really cool. Yes, definitely. And I think we're going to in the years to come just see more evidence and research coming out in kind of the mind-body realm as well as yoga. I'm just really, you know, grateful to have this in my background and keep implementing it with my patients.
0: Hey everyone, just popping in mid-episode to say that this podcast is brought to you by Flight by Pelvicoll. Check out our website at www.flighttherapy.com. All right, back to the show. Let's dive right into a case study.
1: That sounds great
0: what are some of the key things that we should know about the patient in your case study?
1: Sure. So this patient of mine is a woman in her later 20s. She has been dealing with chronic pelvic pain for many years since she was a teenager. She had been experiencing significant pain with her periods as well as this kind of undiagnosed low abdomen pain, deep pelvic pain, as well as pain with intercourse. It took her a number of years to receive care from a physician that suggested that maybe she might have endometriosis. Mm. Uh, yeah, and for those of you that aren't familiar with what endometriosis is, it is a condition where tissue that is like, but not the same as tissue that is inside the lining of the uterus actually grows and creates lesions on different tissues within the pelvic and abdominal cavity, as well as lesions kind of found throughout the body. This condition can cause people a lot of pain during their menstrual cycle. Sometimes there are digestive issues that can be involved and just really significant pain to the point where this particular patient would miss work and would miss school and started to develop some mental health challenges like anxiety and depression and panic attacks, which really isn't quite surprising when, you know, someone is dealing with this much pain. Just think about the amount of intensity, you know, debilitation that this was placing on her life.
0: Now, was she officially (laughs) diagnosed by anyone as having endometriosis? Now we know that the gold standard is laparoscopic surgery, but was there a doctor who looked at her history, heard her symptoms and helped guide her towards some treatment options. I ask this because I know that it can take an average of something like seven years for someone to get the proper diagnosis and treatment of endometriosis.
1: Absolutely. It often takes these folks a long time to get the care that they need and find someone that will take that deeper dive into their symptoms. So thankfully, we have some excellent excision specialists. Um, So they are OB gynecologists in the Twin Cities area in excision surgery of endometriosis. So when I saw this patient, she had had a consult with this physician, and we started working together before she did her excision surgery, where they go in and actually excise endometriosis lesions. We started working on different things like pain neuroscience, helping her understand the link between her pain and things like stress, anxiety, negative self-talk, all those pieces to the puzzle. The link between her pain and inactivity, pain and nutrition. So starting kind of with that like biopsychosocial holistic approach and then addressing different things within her system, like tension in her abdominal cavity and her pelvic floor, so doing different manual therapy techniques to help her. She eventually had her surgery, which was actually just a couple months ago. This wonderful physician, he did her excision surgery, and we're still continuing to work together. So as you can see, this journey for many folks, it it does take a long time. There's been some twists and turns and ups and downs, but she has continued to stay the course and develop her toolbox of resiliency and has made really, really amazing improvements over the past probably six to eight months. Hearing you speak about this, I can just tell the passion that you have for it. And
0: I'm so glad that you chose this patient as a case study because you're absolutely right. There are so many people out there who deal with chronic pelvic pain and it's tough. It is a long journey. This collaboration with this physician is really promising because I think that can be very uplifting to a lot of people who might be listening and say, you know, I have some symptoms like this and are they going to get better?
1: It is that whole person, whole team approach. So As a physical therapist, I can't cure endometriosis. As you mentioned, the gold standard for diagnosis and treatment is a laparoscopic surgery. However, physical therapy is part of the entire team and we can help to address things like joint and muscle tension, pain patterns, exercise, um, movements helping this patient move away from her pain catastrophization, anxiety, and fear around movement to exercising more and incorporating yoga and incorporating meditation on a regular basis this was something that she wasn't doing before and it's been really neat to see her progress when we've incorporated each visit just a little something sometimes it's 5 minutes sometimes it's 30 minutes worth of a yoga practice and a mindfulness practice he's continuing, like I said, to implement this consistently and seeing the benefits and the outcomes of that.
0: Sounds like she responded overall really well to
1: your sessions. How is she doing now? She is doing well now, but like a lot of individuals who have gone through a journey of pain and trying to figure out what's going on. There are some ups and downs. There's a graph I really love to show people that healing is not a linear progression. Healing really is. There's going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. There's going to be some plateaus within there. But continuing to find the things that work and stay the course, rely on her support systems, she continues to do well. And We'll continue to work together ongoing, most likely, just for that continued support. But overall, I'm so proud of her progress, and I know she's proud of herself.
0: Thank you for sharing that case study. It has been so wonderful to talk about all of this with you. It's so important to talk about all the conservative options, holistic care out there available. So I think that's really fantastic. And just... For wrapping up sake, tell us your website if anyone wanted to learn more about you, where they can go. Also, you have a really great Instagram channel where you put some fantastic education on there. Go ahead and share that handle with us too.
1: Sure. So my website is www.awakepelvichealth.com. So my practice is Awake Pelvic Health and Wellness. And my Instagram is awake.pelvichealth. Like you said, I put a lot of different uh, patient-centered pelvic floor, pelvic health education and yoga education on there. From there, you can find my YouTube where I do actually post yoga videos and different tutorials so you can do some free online yoga classes. Hannah,
0: you are a gem doing really wonderful things out there. I look forward to seeing where you go from here. And thank you so much for sharing all that with us today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Pelvic Floor at its core
0: quick disclaimer for you. Flight by Palvidol is approved for pelvic floor strengthening and SUI only. All information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace medical advice. Always seek out a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have about a medical condition. And if you have a question about flight and its indications for use, please see our website at flighttherapy.com. And that's it. See you next time on the next episode of Pelvic Floor at its Core.